there and Lori doing a great job over there. Good morning, Shoreline. How are you? You have a good week? You know, we're ending our series, we're ending our series today uh, about the Christian atheist. It has come to an end. Uh, we'll do it again maybe in the fall, but it's such a good, it's such a good series about uh, when you believe, but you, you lack something very glaring in your life. I, I know it, we're trying to appeal for visitors and people that come to church, but also I think it appealed to uh, disciples. Because uh, I think when we look at our life, you know, sometimes we can, we can be the Christian atheist. Uh, we can go from being truly spiritual to being religious. And that's always a challenge. So today's lesson is when you believe in God, but not His Word. And I appreciate Steve Burns sharing about that life experience, about growing up in church. You know, if you were to ever ask him or question him about his, about his, about his faith, he would definitely with conviction say, I'm a Christian. Do you ever believe in something and realize later it wasn't true? You know, I used to think I was, uh, I, think, I used to think because I, because I, 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 I uh, stood like him, Pedro Guerrero from the Dodgers. Remember him? Remember Pedro? He had this weird stance. His, he was a Latin player. I said, and, and every day I'd go out and practice, I'm like, I'm like Pedro Guerrero. And when I grew up, I realized there was nothing like Pedro Guerrero. Uh, nothing like him at all. And, I, you know, and sometimes we can believe in something like who we are, but as we get older, we realize we're not that person. That's not who we really are. And we can live in a world of sometimes of self-deception. And so what we want to do is clear off the cobwebs. And when we want to ask the question, I believe in God, but do you believe his word? Do you believe the Bible? Question, where does faith come from? Someone will say, well, it comes from the time I spent in the children's ministry in my church. Faith can come from, someone would say, when I think about God. Faith comes from, comes from maybe that I believe in God. And my faith comes from there. You know, in Matthew chapter 13, uh, Jesus reads this parable about his word. It says, the word, which is the seed... Falling on the rocky ground refers to people who hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no roots, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You know, many people come in and out of a relationship with God. They don't last very long. You know, I've been a Christian 17 years, like a real one. Like, I believe in God my whole life, but I really became a Christian 17 years ago. You know, I grew up with the belief that only, only men who wore robes can read the Bible. And I believe that. I'm like, well, it's too, it's too holy, man. Only that guy can read it. Thank God I'm not holy, because I, I, it would blow me, it would blow my mind. So my whole life, I would believe that I was never meant to read the Bible. I was meant just to sit here and listen to it. And so whatever they said, I believed. And it was shocking to me at age 22, when someone actually showed me what was in the Bible, I was shocked to see what was inside. Just like Steve was, I was, I was shocking. I had nowhere in my life ever remotely decided to do something like that. 
And I wasn't as wild as Steve was. I wasn't as wild. He was, he was a pretty wild donkey there. I wasn't as wild. I, I don't think anyone could top Steve's uh, non-Christian life in this room. It was pretty uh, epic. It was, uh, maybe Charlie Sheen. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty... Uh, Steve's one of my best friends, and uh, I, I'm, glad he's, I'm glad he's just alive as a Christian. He had some, you know, very epic behavior as a non-Christian. And where trouble comes in our, in, in, our, in our actual walk with God, it comes from when we stop or never really inquire in the Word. We never really get there. Even as a disciple, you begin to see your, your way, your faith totter when we stop reading the Word. You know, when something is written, is it not meant to be read? Parents, when you write a note to your kids, what do you expect? Your kids to read that thing. That's important. At least that's what you're expecting, at least. The reality sometimes is that they can ignore your, your message, huh? You know, we got a chalkboard at my house. I, try to, I put scriptures on there for the kids and for myself, too, sometimes. You know, I wrote it down. We want, we want to read it. We want to discuss it. So, you know, I, I try to pick a scripture that's going to be relevant to the week. So we can discuss it, discuss the word in our life, in our family. You know, when something is written, it's meant to be read. Look in your Bibles in Luke chapter 25. When something is written, it's meant to be read. And God wrote, gave us the written, his written words, and he meant it for us to read ourselves. Luke 10 verse 25. Sorry, Luke 10, chapter, Luke 10, verse 25, sorry, there is no Luke 25 chapter. Uh, I'm getting older. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. That's pretty bold. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And look what Jesus says back. Well... What is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly. Jesus replied, Do this, and you will live. If you're ever going to know how to inherit eternal life, you must look and read the words of God, which we call the Bible, the Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. If you're ever going to get there, this is the manual. You know, I'm notorious for getting something new and never reading the instructions. Get a new phone, pff, I'll figure it out. VCR, pff, that's, for, that's for losers. And then what happens is I get really frustrated. I'm like, what's wrong with this thing? What's wrong with this thing? And the manual's sitting right here. What's wrong with this Christianity? What's wrong with this Christianity? Why isn't it working for me? Because the manual's right here. And the guys are notorious. Girls aren't like that. Girls are like, <clears throat> well, on page one it says to... Um, <laughs> And when, the girl, when a girl says, oh, guys hate that. 
We hate it because we know they're right. That's the right way of doing it. But we don't like the right way. We like our way of doing it. It's better. Jesus points them to the words of God. What is written in the law, he says? What's written? Why do you think Jesus points them to the law? At that time, the New Testament was not written. He points them to the law. This is why he points them to the law. He says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you possess eternal life. They, these, are not, these are the very scriptures that testify about me. He's saying, when you read the Old Testament, the law, it's testifying about me. So you study your Bible, but you're missing the point of the word of God. It's testifying about Jesus. That's what he's saying. It's about, the Old Testament is filled with Jesus. You know, as Christians, we, we, we kind of avoid the Old Testament going, ooh, it's kind of harsh. But you'll find Jesus in there, loving, not harsh. You study the scriptures diligently, but we miss Jesus. You know, in John chapter 5, verse 46, look what else he says. He says this, if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? How are you ever going to believe God if you don't read what he says? We can grow up, live in our lives, trying to figure it out and get frustrated. Or we can go to the word and look. You know, in the Old Testament, Moses was the giver of the law. The Ten Commandments, as Steve didn't know in high school, in high school he gave the law. Well, who gave the law in the New Testament? Jesus gave us the law for our hearts, right? In the Old Testament, Moses saved his people from what? Slavery. Jesus saves us from slavery of our own sin. You see Jesus a little more in the Old Testament? You know, Moses crossed the Red Sea. And the Bible says, Moses and the people were baptized through the Red Sea. Jesus says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your slavery, your sin. As the waters closed on the armies, the waters washed away the Old Testament, their sin, their slavery. We're baptized today when we see Leardis and Nicolette get baptized in the water. They're washing away the things that made them slaves. Jesus says, the Old Testament is written about me because Moses is a prefigure to Jesus. The crossing of the Red Sea is a, is a foreshadow of today's baptism. It's not just, just to get you wet. It cleanses you. Forty years Moses spent in the desert. Forty days Jesus spent fasting in the wilderness desert. Why is this so important? Here's why. Where does faith come from? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the words of Christ in the old and new. 
You know, as Christians, you should never avoid the Old Testament. Because it talks about Jesus all the time. You know, I'm reading about Job right now in my quiet times. And I'm learning a lot about Job. I'm learning that, you know, Job suffered, but so did Jesus. I'm learning that just because sometimes you suffer doesn't mean because you sinned. You know, that, that gives me a lot of insight into when John chapter 9, when, when they asked Jesus, the, the blind man, who sinned, him or his parents? Because he's all messed up, he must be sinning. No, this is for the glory of God to be revealed, Jesus said. You can see. It gives me insight into how, how, the, how the theology of the Jews and how they miss Jesus. You miss Jesus when you don't really read the word. You miss him. That's probably one of the reasons why he killed him. Where does faith come from? Reading the word, say what? Reading the word? I don't like reading. Well, the Bible says you can hear the word on audio tape. I'm not one who likes to read books. Well, they have great audio Bibles available for us today. You know, in the Old Testament, they had audio Bible too. It was awesome in the Old Testament. I'm going to show you that in a second. It was awesome audio versions. The old and new make up the Bible. Have you ever had lethargic faith? Have you ever felt like you couldn't overcome anything? Are you prideful last year? Are you prideful this year? Is your family rhythm out of whack? Are your relationships shallow? Sometimes we can look, it can look like this. I don't know where my faith is. But when you read the words of God, he puts life back in order. Look, look at what's said here in, in the Old Testament. This is the audio version. Ezra opened the book. Let's just stop there. Let's just start with that, folks. Open the book. And all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen. Amen. And they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Why were they doing this? Because God had correctly predicted They'd be gone out of Jerusalem for 70 years. And after 70 years exactly, God brought them back. And so Ezra opens the book. And they say, amen. Amen. The words of God are true. They were in awe of God's word. You know, when the Bible comes true for your life, it inspires you to open it once more. The power of the word Brings a foundation for our faith. Look at us what happened in verse 8. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that people understood what was being read. It's so important to avoid the Christian atheist when you read something that it has a clear meaning and you understand it. You ever have a quiet time where you're just kind of reading, and you're reading, and you're just, you're just, and you're just going, I didn't know what I read, but I read something. That happens. You just read, and you're just like a robot going, I have no, I have no clear understanding what, what that means. You know, Ezra read the words of God. He made it clear. He gave it meaning. You know, a lesson for people to hear and understand. That's why we have lessons today. 
That's why, you know, we have Zaldis and Steves and Geos come up and try to give you a clear message that, you know, you cannot just walk around believing in God without knowing the manual, without reading it. You'll clutter your life. You'll confuse your life. You'll frustrate your life. And then in Exodus 24, verse 7, it says this, Moses, Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. Audio version. Okay, I don't know what his voice sounded like. I'm not sure if it was James Earl Jones or not. I'm not sure if it was Charlton Heston. I'm not sure. But he read it. And they responded. We will do everything the Lord had says or had said. And we will obey. When the words are heard, faith is instilled. Will you do everything the Lord your God has, has said? Will you obey his word? When was the last time you felt that way? Like, I will obey this today. When was the last time? I bet, it, I bet you it was the last time when you, you clearly understood the message. You're going, I understand this now. You know, sometimes you study the Bible and you're going, that's what it means to be a Christian? I want to do this. Because the reality of what's in the book versus what we learned growing up could be two different things. You know, I appreciate so much Nicolette and Lee artists. They went to church almost their whole life. In fact, when I asked them, so how'd you you become a Christian? Oh, I just, we grew up in church. We grew up Christians. I was like, really? Yeah. I said, what was some significant points in your life? They're like, we just grew up in church. Like, nothing significant? We just love church. I said, okay, let's get started in a Bible study. And, and then, then they're going, I didn't, I didn't know everyone. I thought, I didn't know everyone made disciples. It was a shocking revelation for them. But you know what? They were so humble. They're like, we're not living this way. This is not us. I mean, I want to I, I see. I mean, they're, they're, it was like, I mean, it was a big gulp. But what I appreciate most is their intellectual honesty with the words of God. Being honest with themselves. You know, believing in God's word, it has an effect on you. It just does. It's infectious. Look what Jesus says in Luke 24. He says this. This is after he dies and he resurrects, right? And he comes and sees the disciples and they're all discouraged. They're like, what happened? Jesus died. It's over. And then this is what he says. This is what I told you when I was still with you. It's kind of like the, the, the version of I told you so. Didn't I tell you this? Everything must be filled that is written about me. Where? In the law of Moses. Where? In the prophets. Where? In the Psalms. See, when you really start to read the Bible, you're going to see Jesus in the old and new. The old is not just some weird book. It's not some book that has no, no relation to your Christianity. When you believe in his word, it sustains you. You ever have a, you ever have a roller coaster faith? Like you come to church, you're hot. You're hot. I'm hot today. Mm, good day. And then it goes down. And it goes down. Because we're not reading the word. 
You know, we sometimes we come off, we come out, we start off Monday, we're hot, we're hot. Sunday was just cranking, it was cranking. You downloaded the lesson because you missed church on Monday, you're like, oh, that was awesome. Then by Wednesday, you're, you're going, wait, you know, you're starting to feel, you know, you feel all these, these worldly feelings come into your heart. You know how you get them. You know you start acting like, no one, no, no, one, no one cares, really. No one loves me. I called him, it took him so long to call him back. That guy doesn't care. These feelings start coming up. And usually it's because we're not in the Word. Because our old nature, it, it, it wants to take over again. It wants to take over. It's at our doorstep all the time. And the Word is what just crushes it. But we're not in the Word. It just takes over our lives. It's called the sinful nature. And if, if, if the Word is not introduced into your heart to squash it, it'll consume you. You ever watch Spider-Man? When that little black thing fell on him? He's like, oh, and it, and it started growing, and it made a whole suit of black thing, and he's all, and, it, and he thought he was all loving, but it made him jaded. It jaded him. Until he realized his jadedness, and then he tore off the suit. But he was struggling. A part of him didn't want to take it off. Because sometimes when you, give, when you give full weight to your, your sinful nature, you start enjoying it. I feel strong. You know, I love watching movies. I love watching the Star Wars episodes. I love it. Because it so much relates to the spiritual life that we walk. It's a part of me that, you know, just kind of likes Anakin. He, he, was, he was awesome. Then he got a little dark. He's not so bad. He's, not, he's, not, he's a little edgy. He's not bad. He's all right. He's tough. He's just tough. Then you really see the darkness. And the cool thing is Anakin turned it around at the end. Yeah. 20 years later. <clears throat> Way to go, Anakin. The roller coaster faith. Romans 15. For everything was, that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement that provide, we might have hope. You know, the context of this scripture was to strong people in the faith who don't tolerate weak people in the, in the faith. This is the context. This is the context. He's telling the, he's telling the stronger Christians, you need to be careful that you don't start, you know, just because you're strong and people aren't strong, that, you're, that you can just, you know, you can just deem everybody you're just crazy non-Christians. Because if you look at the Old Testament, they were burning their children to, to idols. They are, their whole history was falling away from God. And they saw the cloud. They saw the mountain. They saw the sea. And they stumbled and stumbled and stumbled. And when you look at them, he's saying... It was written to teach you that God never gives up on those who get weak. Now, we want you to get stronger. That's why the message is about getting in the Word. That's what gives you strength. The more you avoid the Word, the weaker your faith becomes. But woe to you who are strong. Because I can be like that. 
Just open your Bible. Come on. Have a birthday. Read the word. Duh. I can say that in my heart. How hard is it? Get up and open it, man. Work through the work early. Get up earlier, man. I can see my heart getting there. What's the matter with you? Don't you love God? I can say that in my heart all day long. But how about this? Bro, I'm coming over at 5 a.m. to pray with you. Not every day and every day of your life, but I'm going to get you started. I will get you started. And we will get up and have quiet times, okay? See that bicycle? Once you, once you know how to ride a bike, good, you're on your own, baby. Come on. Ride, ride, ride. That's a different heart than someone says, read your Bible, man. Come on. Because I can find myself doing that all day long. This is powerful stuff. How can you not read it? But then I would be sinning against my brother. Let me go help him get on the bike again. That's what Christians do. We help each other get back on the bike. You know, when someone falls off the bike, we don't go, ha! <laughs> That's funny. We don't do that. I mean, Steve may have done that, but I certainly don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that. When someone falls down and injures himself, what's the first thing? We want to go over there and help. Car crash happens. We want to go over there and administer first aid. We want to help, right? How about spiritually? Car wreck. Whoa, good luck, man. I just hope you figure it out. No. If you're in the Word, you would know that's, that's the whole intention of Jesus. When the, when, the, when the strong goes, hey, why are you hanging around the drunks and the, and the gluttons? Because they're the ones who are sick. They need some help. They need some encouragement, right? Guess who Jesus picked to be his, his, his main men? He picked guys that were, who were on the shore of Oxnard and Port Wanibi. He picked fishermen. You don't see a lot of guys with master's degrees on the, on the, on the shore over there. They're not the most educated folk on, this, you know, on fishermen. They're the ones that say, I didn't like school. I like to see. That's who he picked. He picked the greedy. He picked the tax collectors. He picked the most, some of the most uncommitted Jews. That's who he picked. Because he's got a knack for making the ordinary extraordinary. That's why God uses you. He don't use you because you're cool and you're slick and you're talented. He uses you because you have some faith and God works with a mustard seed of it. A mustard seed. It's all you need, right? For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. God never gave up on his people. At times he was a little frustrated. Moses then aside and went to destroy everybody. No, 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 Lord, you can't do that. Okay, uh, amen. I mean, they wouldn't say the Lord was a little frustrated. He was a little frustrated. But he listened to Moses. Said, now, God, you can't do that. Okay? 1 Corinthians 15. Or Hebrews 4, verse 12. It's even better. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, 
joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It's saying the Bible is alive because your sinful nature is alive. It's in the Bible for the guys, the, 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 the most powerful weapon that an individual can wield in the ancient days was a double-edged sword. Studs need only apply. And that was what the Bible described us. It's also surgical. It's accurate. It could judge your thoughts that nobody knows. That's when you're really going, ah, how did the preacher know? And they, well, I didn't know anything. No one comes to me and says, Gio, can you hit this? Because i got a friend coming. No, no one does that around here. <laughs> it's this. It's the word. It's the word. Oh, there it is. By this gospel, you are saved. The written word. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. I want you to consider if you're a disciple, to have an intentional way of reading and studying your Bible. In other words, don't just go, I'm just, okay, I'm, Gio said read, I'm just going to, okay. No, no, have some, have some thought. You know, sometimes you need, there's, there's literature that can give you daily devotionals that has a context, a theme, and you can read it every day. There's so much about the Bible available to us there's no reason why we shouldn't learn and grow in, in learning it. You know what I mean? So there, there's availability. What I would encourage you also, if you're a Christian or visiting, get a Bible dictionary. It's very topical. You can pick a topic. I'm going to study this out. And it refers you to passages. It gives you something to look at. Oh, I didn't know that. It gives you background. You know, with the campus ministry, we had our D group last week. And we read the book of Acts. And I said, hold on, stop there. What, what city was that? What city was that? Let's look in our map in our Bible and see... Oh, Paul traveled 200 miles to go preach the word? Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, oh, Paul used his iPhone 4 to talk to Barnabas? No, he had to walk. Oh, yes, he did. They walked to church a long way. In the third world country, we're like, that's typical, but we do it here. You know, we have an L.A. church coming up, service on March 20th. And I'll tell you right now, historically, we don't like going to that. Because it's far. It's far. In our cars. It's far. Muy lejos. Who's going to take care of my children? Bring your kids. What are you going to tell Paul... And Barnabas, in heaven, let me look at you. Oh, they're here finally. Let's talk to them. <laughs> you gotta look them in the eye one day, guys. You're gonna look them in the eye. So in your car over there, and you can talk on the cell phone on the way. Child, please. <laughs> Decide to study your Bible. If you're here visiting and you're going like, man, you know, I believe, but I've, I've really not studied my Bible or looked into it, decide to study it. Make a decision to study it. Because in 1 Peter, and I close out with this, all people are like grass, and all their glory 
is like the flowers of the field. The grass, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. When you believe in God and his word, it will change your destiny. To God be the glory.